Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. The real reason Randy Orton won the WWE Championship from Drew McIntyre at last night's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view has been revealed, folks. He is going to be facing Edge. That's the current plan, as reported by the Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave Meltzer. This has been something going on for quite some time now. They've said that the idea has always been to get the belt onto Randy for either one of two purposes, either for that third rubber match against Edge, which would take place at WrestleMania once Edge is fit to return, hopefully around Royal Rumble time, or so Drew can win it back from Randy in front of fans. Either of those could still happen. Raw is rewritten on the day most of the time, WWE especially on Monday nights, don't seem to know what they're going to do tomorrow, let alone six months from now. But as of right now, the reasoning behind Randy beating Drew in the main event of Helena Cell after three matches together in their series is because he'll be facing Edge at WrestleMania. I'm Mr. Yeah. David. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. And not only that, we are sponsored by beer, folks. Sweet, delicious beer. Go over to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. There's a link right there where you can get a case of eight free craft beers, a little packet of nuts or snacks, and a magazine. It's amazing. We'll be doing it's a such, such great quality. I'll be tucking into one of these shortly for a little live tasting. But please do go over there. Support us. Support Beer 52. Don't support Luke Owen. He's a jabroni. Are you going to tucker into that and uh, and turn heel on Otis the same way that you turned heel on the mm. SWAF Nation? No, didn't, didn't turn heel. Just, uh, just one. Just one. No, thank you. Anyway, let's talk about Autumn versus McIntyre first off. It was the third Hell in a Cell match of the evening. It was the third match between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. I just got done listening to Dave Meltzer. He said this was his favorite match of the night. He said he loved it. 
I don't yeah. know if it's just Hannah and Cell fatigue by that point in the show, but I found it. I didn't hate it, but it was definitely the weakest of the three Hell in a Cell matches. I didn't feel like the others went long, although they were long. This one dragged for me. They were all half an hour, but this one was the only one that dragged. I found it quite contrived. Yeah, uh, we got an email in from someone uh, who said that he found Hell in a Cell to be like, if you were going through the fridge and you thought, oh man, all my Hell in a Cells are going off, so I need to eat them for breakfast, lunch and dinner. That'll be fine because I love Hell in a Cells and I could quite happily have three of them in a day. So you have it for breakfast, nom, 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 delicious. This is great. You have it for lunch, nom, 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 this is delicious. By the time you get to dinner, you're like, I am a little bit sick of eating Hell in a Cells though. And uh, I'd, I'd like to have something different now. And I think that that because there was only, you know, there was really five matches on this show. I'm not sure we can really count Lashley versus Slapnuts as, as an actual match. Um, <laughs> don't pull that face. Come on, Retribution are a main event team. Everyone, everyone loves them. They're definitely presented like a top tier act in the company. Dude, we got so many super chats in during the live stream last night that were just like, hey, what about if this person's revealed as the real leader of Retribution? Or the other one was like, hey, what if the Fiend takes over Retribution and they become his minions? And I'm like, the last thing the Fiend needs is bloody minions running around. Um, but like with this match, I think this would have been fine, much better received had it not been the main events. Because the it had to follow the incredible Roman Reigns Jey Uso match. It had to follow the incredible Bailey Sasha Banks match. And because it hasn't had as good a story told going in, it was never going to be as good as those two incredible matches. It was always really going to struggle. And I when we were watching it, we kept saying there's got to be a reason this is the main event. There's got it was. Do you know what it reminded me of? Uh, the, the Raw After Mania last year when you and I were watching no, it. Like, there's got to be a reason. It was no way near as bad as The Bar. Well, no, it wasn't quite It's got to be Undisputed Era, surely. Well, that's it. They're that's what we kept saying. Against Seth and Rollins it, and Kofi Kingston. But it wasn't just us that were, you know, saying it this way. Like, you know, uh, it wasn't just me, Nugget and, and Louie. The chat was all saying, Miz is cashing in. The only reason this is the main event is because Miz is cashing in. They've got to be saving for a big angle. That it's the only thing that makes sense as to why this is the main event. That would imply WWE knew how they were going to use Miz. They don't know <laughs> that. They just needed to yeah. get it off of Otis because they knew less what to do with him. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So, and that's what I think kind of like took me out of the match a lot because you were kind of like. All I was doing was just questioning, why is this the main event? Like, if if it was just a title change, put Bailey Banks there. And if it was just because you wanted a big match and you wanted a big moment at the end, you put Roman J there. Like, Roman J should have been the main event of this show. And if that if you wanted that to be the opener, then Banks and Bailey should have been the main event of this show. This had no business being the main event. Do you think there's a turn-based argument to this? Do you think WWE thought, well, SmackDown got Clash of Champions with Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, despite that being a very predictable match. No one thought Jey was going to win there or here. But the strength of the story, the drama was so good that it definitely deserved that slot in the end. So because they SmackDown got that one, then they're like, oh, okay, well, we use a Raw match to end Hell in a Cell. You'd think, but like, as many people point out, this was Drew's first main event as champion. 
and ironically, it was his last. He hasn't actually what? main evented a show since becoming champion. He's always been like the sort of the undercard match. Not even the heady days of him versus Dolph Ziggler. Apparently not. Apparently, this is what, according to Nuggets, what Nuggets told me, and I can't really remember. But apparently, he hasn't had a main event uh, all year like, of champion. I feel like definitely there was a raw, raw exclusive <laughs> pay per view <laughs> this year. I, I mean, like technically, technically, uh, Louis was wrong. Because he did main event WrestleMania for a second time, uh, beating the Big Show. Yeah. So yeah, main event you know, twice. Exactly. Yeah. So it is. So uh, technically, I suppose he did. Um, but yeah, it was just it was weird that this this was the main event, and it did drag. And particularly when they went up on the top of the cell. My favorite moment of that is they go up the top of the cell, and Randy Orton beats them up with a lightsaber for a bit, and then he starts climbing down. And Samoa Joe says, in all seriousness. Randy Orton accomplished what he set out to do up the top of that cell. I was like, did he? What did he? What did he achieve? Right. This is this is what I don't understand either. So just to give you a sort of play, not a play by play, but uh, a sharp review of the match. It was Drew and Randy fighting around the cage for a bit because you know everything else. The previous two matches had done all the spots inside the cell. So Drew and Randy, I guess, tried to do something different by using outside the cell a lot more. So they did that uh, initially because Randy jumped Drew during his entrance, dressed as another janitor or a member of Retribution or one of Akira Tozawa's ninjas. And there they scuffled in the ring. And then Randy gets the bolt cutters that he'd hidden underneath the ring. Oh, he's hearing voices in his head. Surely he's got a dastardly plan. Randy walks up the ramp after getting out of the cage using the bolt cutters. I'm thinking, well, Okay, I'm a bit intrigued now. He's he's luring Drew to the back. Are we going to get another night vision sequence? I was a bit excited, and then they, you know, they Randy starts climbing up the cage. Drew goes up there as well, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe Randy's got a plan to beat up Drew like a big spot, throwing him off the cage. I don't really want that to happen, but maybe they film something in advance to make that very very safe in the Thunderdome era. Maybe that's why this is main eventing. But no, they get up there and Randy produces from the top of the cage this red pipe. How did he see it on the red cell? What a camouflaged pipe. He gets it and Drew immediately kicks him and he doesn't get to use it. But I'm just thinking, huh, you know what else would have accomplished what the pipe would have? The bolt cutters that Randy hid in the ring. He could have just used the bolt cutters to hit Drew over the head with. He didn't have to then chop open the door to get up to the top of the cell to use an implement that has the exact same effect as the thing he used to get out. It's like there's a scene in Jumanji, one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema, where the little monkey boy, he's turning into a monkey. He needs an axe to free Robin Williams from the floor because the floor turns into quicksand. Robin Williams goes through, but it stops midway. And he's now like trapped half in the floor. And he's like, okay, I need to get an ax. Monkey boy runs outside, but the the shed's locked. He's trying to get in the shed where there's an ax. So he picks up an ax and he just goes to, he's about to open the door, but then he looks at the ax. He's like, oh no, I've got an ax right here. That's what this needed to be. Okay, so in a kayfabe world, this is my rationalizing behind this. And this was actually the rationalizer I, I gave it in the night as well. Randy went up on top of the cell because Randy's been there before. And he was goading Drew into that because this was Drew's first ever Hell in a Cell match. So mm-hmm. Randy was mind gaming 
Drew to be like, hey, if you you want to come up here, this is my realm. You're in my yard now. I've been in 50 million of these matches <laughs> over the last 15 years. You And you've never been in one, your jobber. So, you know, like it was goading him up to go up there. That's what I thought it was. But then, you know, as I said, he just he hit him with a lightsaber and then then went down again. So they could do the spot when you, you fall off on the outside, which was, you know, it was it was, it was pretty good, but it's, it's fine. I well, think, bear yeah. in mind, it's a pre-taped thing. You could pre-taped a massive big stunt <clears throat> and made it look wicked. It's, uh, yeah, someone going off the side of the cage halfway up, which Drew did. You know, that's a little bit higher than the top turnbuckle to go off that through an announcer's table, a guy of Drew's size as well. That's got to suck. That's, an, that's a painful thing to do to your body. Unfortunately, it doesn't actually count for anything these days. It wasn't like a big, like, oh, my God, spot. I've, just, I've seen everything and more in Hell in a Cell matches. So yeah. it's a shame. And then, yeah, they Drew and Randy have a little bit of an exciting bit in the end where Drew hits a Claymore off the back of that and Randy spills to the outside. Randy dodges a second Claymore, hits the RKO. That's what I wanted this feud to be about. I wanted it to be about the, the two finishers that are hit from out of nowhere. And that's the story they started to tell at the start of this feud. It was all about finishers. And in that SummerSlam match, nobody hit them. And Drew won with a backslide. All of that stuff played into this finish. But we haven't had that story told. Instead, we've had Randy Orton wearing night vision goggles to beat up legends. Or Keith Lee. The, yeah. <laughs> The legend's coming back to help Drew. So it's it's just such a shame. It's It suffers from a muddled story, really. This And Randy, as WWE champion, which is the landscape we've been left with, this is what we were all crying out for two months ago because Randy has been the hottest main event act in WWE since he turned heel on edge in January. And he has been spectacular, doing the best work in his career. And him as WWE champion is exciting, but WWE in their usual way, specifically what well, this is a specifically raw problem right now has made it. So we're all a bit bored of him. Yes. So Randy Orton was so hot in the summer, right? Like that was the point when you, if you want to make Randy Orton champion, SummerSlam was the time to do it. He was white hot as a heel. So, so hot. The time not to put the belt on Randy Orton is after you've beaten him three pay-per-views in a row. Because it does nothing for Orton. Why don't you beat him? Keith Lee beat him. Oh, so yeah. Good point. He lost at SummerSlam. He lost at Payback. Lost at Clash of Champions. And then he beats Drew McIntyre at um, Hell in a Cell. So it does nothing for Orton because mm. he's lost three pay-per-views straight. And it does nothing for Drew because he couldn't beat the guy who lost three pay-per-views straight. So I, I felt like no one got over out of this. And I think I probably would have been, you know, like Randy Orton's champion. Fine. You know, we, you all just get on with your lives. But I was more put off by him being champion because Miz won earlier in the night. And all I was looking at was just like, man, like Randy Orton is WWE champion. Miz is the Money in the Bank contract. Ten 2010 was 10 years ago, and this company has not moved on. This would be like, and I, I said this on uh, the Fightful post show with Sean last night. This would have been like in 1998 if the WWF had rerun angles from 1988 with the same people. But they didn't because at that point they were like, we need to move on. We need to create some new stars. And WWE has got an abundance of new stars that they could create. They've got so much great talent. 
and what we've gone back to is bloody Randy Orton and The Miz one month out from the like the 10 year anniversary of Miz cashing in Money in the Bank and winning the WWE title from Randy Orton, which, you know, it falls on Survivor Series night. That 10 year anniversary falls on the night of Survivor Series. Ugh, 10 years ago. It's a decade ago. I was 24 when that happened. They're going to be on the same team, aren't they? They're both going to be Team Raw and Miz is going to be looking and well, John Morrison well, no, is going to be jobbed surely, out. Surely Randy Orton's going to be facing Roman Reigns. Ah, I don't know. Sometimes they do. It, it's not always champion versus champion. Sometimes you get brand warfare. Teams. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about the best board games your money can buy. Do you not like board games? Then you'll love Phenomenerds, a channel all about why you're f***ing. 
fucking wrong. If the only game you've played is Monopoly, a bad game, with your family, a bad family, we're here to show you all the good times you and your friends are missing out on. We'll teach you the different types of board games out there, great ones to start your collection, how to host gaming nights, how to teach your friends rules. We'll have deep dives into classic games, crazy stories from board gaming history, drunk board gaming, and so much more. At Phenomenerds, we consider it our sacred duty to get you into the greatest hobby in the world, no matter what level you currently are. So subscribe to Phenomenerds now and get on board. Well, let's see what you guys all thought. Uh, Anthony Velasquez says, I honestly fell asleep watching the Drew Autumn match. It was definitely the weakest of the Helena Cell matches, and it was way too long. That's a really good way to put it, Anthony. It, was, it wasn't it was a bad match, but it was certainly the weakest of the three Helena Cell matches on that night. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's trite at this point, but mm-hmm. you should not be having multiple Helena Cell matches on the same show. Uh, yeah. I, we, can, we can blame TNA for this. They had such success <laughs> with lockdown, WWE created stipulation-themed pay-per-views. Wrestling is great sometimes, says. Jay versus Roman, the main focus was storytelling. Autumn versus Drew, the main focus was the old school style. But Sasha and Bailey was just another level because they focused on everything and killed it. Easily five stars. It was my fa- it was my match of the night. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it was my match of the night. Just it, It's incredible. Those two matches, two of my favorite WWE matches of the year. Easy. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan. The Miz was Mr. Money in the Bank 2010. I was 16 back then. Don't lie, Dan. You were two. And now I am 26 and close to retirement. How time flies. Louis was 10. Louis was 10 years old when The Miz Mm. was WWE champion. He's now at university. He's now nearly finished university. It's that long ago. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. So, as usual, Raw pay-per-view was poor and SmackDown pay-per-view was great. The difference in Luke from after Roman Uso to the end of the show was stark. High up <laughs> to really low. And you. Jam that champion. Hashtag Wrestling Daily. Some Wrestling yeah. Daily love. We'll have uh, Louis and Alex McCarthy tonight at 8pm. No, 9pm, sorry. UK time. Uh, doing all their Hell in a Cell reaction stuff and all the backstage news, I imagine, because they are in the know. Indeed, yeah. And uh, do you know what? Like, Bacon Rash has hit the nail on the head there. All the great stuff from the show came from SmackDown. All the really bad to naff stuff or, you know, just okay stuff was all on the raw side of things. R-Truth and Drew Gulag, Miz being Money in the Bank, Slap Nuts, uh, Jeff Hardy Elias. Like, it's all the sort of bland stuff was from the raw side of things. And that was actually the majority of the pay-per-view. Mm. Uh, Dustin Pylon, I really believe Tucker has a great deal of in-ring potential. Here's to hoping he finds his charisma and gets a decent three-week push as a monster heel on Raw. Overall, I'd say Helena Cell was pretty damn good. It was a pay-per-view that was saved by two incredible WWE Match of the Year contenders. Uh, yeah, and you, you, you've got to enjoy something like that. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I, I afraid, I'm afraid for Tucker, is all I can say. Yeah. Let's do this whole show. The the kickoff show was Drew Gulak taking on our truth and 
R-Truth won, did a few John Cena moves, uh, Drew Gulak is incredible, and he is stuck in the 24-7 title picture. Yeah, poor old Drew Gulak. That's my only note on this. Drew deserves better. Now, the main event, sorry, the main event, the main show kicked off, Freudian blowjob, with Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso inside Hell in a Cell in an I Quit match for the Blue Universal Championship. And as soon as this match started, I was like, Randy's winning. Randy's winning in the main event, or Brock Lesnar is <laughs> turning up and causing a double DQ. And they, honestly, I was legit in tears watching this match this morning. It was spine tingling. I had to stop. I had to make myself a glass of water to cool down. Everything in this match, to me at least, because I've seen some people say it's too long, and you know, 30 minutes for a match with no fans. Yeah, I, I can see it. some people might get bored. I, however, was on the edge of my seat throughout. I was hooked. I was into the characters. I was into the drama. And all the while, I was like, you're setting up something, WWE. You're setting up something that you won't be able to deliver on. Because I can't see how you get out of this. I just see Jey Uso saying, I quit. Which, you know, it kind of just not buries him, but it undoes somewhat all the great work they've done. Because Roman Reigns just dominated him for the latter part of the match. This match, Jey Uso almost had it won. But the finish was a masterpiece of booking that just superseded everything I thought that was possible. It it put together all of the loose threads and made it greater than the sum of its parts. I, I cannot say enough good things about this match. It's my favorite WWE match of the year. Uh, quite unabashedly, five freaking stars. Uh, just as a point of clarity, because there's been some confusion in the chat, you said Velveteen, not Velveteen, mm. when uh, describing Velveteen. that beer. Velveteen, T-Y, not Velveteen. No. No, no. <clears throat> um, I, yeah, like you, I cannot say enough good things about this match. It was a freaking masterpiece of storytelling. I loved their match at Clash of Champions, but this leveled up to the nth degree. It was just, and what was kind of remarkable, and I think there's, because this match certainly split opinions uh, in our show that we, in the live reactions we did last night. I think there were a lot of people who really, really liked it, but there were some people who really did not like it. And I think the people who really did not like it did not like it because these two did about three wrestling moves in 30 minutes. It's a Paul Heyman match. Well, exactly. Yeah. But like those moves, those moves were spears and splashes and drive-bys and all this sort of stuff. Oh, Roman did a suplex quite early on, but like it was, it wasn't about a match of moves because that was what the Bailey Banks match was. That was a match of moves mm. and storytelling. Whereas this was all about the characters <clears throat> and the characters diving into this story that they have crafted together. And it's a great, great story. It's a very simple story. But the moment when Jay choked out Roman with the strap, and I went, oh, if this was any other match, he'd be the champion right now. He'd have won. And well, then if, Roman... If this was any other hardcore match, the match would have been pulled off. If it was even in Hell in a Cell. But yeah, he would have won, though. He'd have won by yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that he, he couldn't yeah. compete. He'd be the champion. And then Roman choked him out. And the look on Roman's face when he realized... He can't say I quit now was just absolutely spine tingling stuff. The drive by into the steel steps, the referee going to throw out the match and Roman Reigns grabbing the referee being like, you don't get to end this. This match only ends 
when he says I quit and he acknowledges me as the tribal chief. The way the microphones were picking up all the dialogue in this, Paul Heyman selling it on the outside, SmackDown and Raw general manager Adam Pearce running down at <laughs> one point to get into the ring. Every single person in this match did a, an amazing job. The finish was sublime of Jimmy. So the finish was Jimmy Uso comes down to the ring to protect Jay. And I instantly, I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill Jimmy. Oh no, he's going to kill Jimmy as well. So Jimmy's there and all of a sudden Roman starts crying. Like legit tears he's crying. And Jay, Jimmy is just like, dude, we can work this out. We're family. We love you. We don't know who this man you've come is, but we can sort this out. And Roman looks and goes, I don't know who I am. I don't like this man that I've become. I don't like this. Which plays into the fact that throughout the match, he kept telling Jay, I don't want to be doing this, but you're making me do this. And then he puts he puts Jimmy in the guillotine, starts choking him out. And Jay says, I quit on behalf of his brother so that Roman will let go of the hold. And you're like, oh my God, what an absolutely genius moment that is. Anyway. What a genius finish to this match. Love it, love it, love it. This match can't get any better. And then it got better because <laughs> Roman walks up the ramp and who's there? Freaking Afra and Seeker are there. They put the lay on him. They acknowledge him as the tribal chief and the head of the family. I mean, the shield's looking a bit ropey these days, but it looked uh, pretty imp- It was such a cool, cool sight. And Roman standing there with his belt raised above his head, the Usos in the ring who are now servitude in servitude to their tribal chief and the head shrinkers behind him. And Paul Heyman just off of the back, with you know, his hand over his mouth, just cannot believe what he's saying. I was absolutely, I was in raptures with this match and it should have been the main event. I, I love that. And I, I love everything about it. I love every yeah. single bit in this match and that, that main, that the, the post-match particularly when he goes up and the wild Samoans are there and I thought, you know, oh, they're going to challenge him. You know, usually these sorts of angles, the family are like, what the hell are you doing here? You've gone too far. But then for his father and his uncle to put the, the reef thing round his neck and confirm him as the tribal chief after what he just did. It's like all of a sudden I'm not thinking about Roman Reigns, this dastardly wrestling heel. I'm thinking about Roman Reigns and this fascinating character that comes from a, a line, a lineage of just such a, a, a tough, brutal world where in this tribal society, the person, the big dog is honored. It's not yeah. like, and and you got to think, <clears throat> Roman knows that as a character. And that's a huge source of conflict for him internally because he's, he's thinking, I've got to beat up these two guys I love, Jimmy and Jay, but I have to do it for my father and my family and the, the elders. Like I've got to do it because that's the way it is where I come from. And it's just, it's like a mob boss style of execution. I, I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. I also think, you've said everything I was going to say. I I just echo everything you said. Um, Also, I think this match is made better by no fans. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, actually. Um, Yeah, that's an interesting idea, actually, that it is. Because, and it's helped by the fact that the crowd mics are up 
Mm. So uh, the crowd mics, rather, the ring mics are up, so you can hear the conversation. That is helped because you can lower down the crowd sound in the mix, and you can really pick up on the things that you want that they want you to hear, the conversation in the ring that they want you to hear. So I, I actually I completely agree with you on that. The other moment that I actually forgot, I just remembered then that was one of my favorite moments of this, is after Roman wins and he's looking down at Jimmy and Jay, and he just takes the tear from his eye that he was crying earlier just wipes it on his chest like it meant nothing to him oh but it does i know it does mean something to him it was magnifique it's like like bringing the wild samans out at the end makes roman feel a bit like a victim of culture himself and that's what i love about it it's like this is a bully who's been created by a situation i just oh fantastic Uh, i'm sure we'll have a lot of divided opinion yeah i was gonna say i think the chat has been a bit frosty uh during our praising of that because as i said the people who did not like this match kind of a bit like debonair dinner the people who did not like it really did not like it and they're you know almost uh, upset the people that really liked it um so you know let's all be supportive of each other mm-hmm. let's be nice and friendly in the chats um we I, as i said i totally get why someone didn't like this match because if you're if your style of wrestling that you like is people doing moves and you know, doing having a wrestling match, this probably isn't going to be for you because, as I said, they did do four moves in thirty minutes. Uh, also, the guillotine looks like a killer move now. I feel like he's got oh, that. A, a card has been trying to get over this camel clutch for two years now, and Roman gets over a guillotine in, in just a well, a night really. Uh, it's a very lovely that, pronunciation of you as well. A guillotine. A guillotine. A guillotine. Guillotine. I've always said guillotine. <laughs> it's like, do you remember when I once told you? Like, is he oh. with me? Remember that time when I was like, oh yeah, Green Lantern Corpse. And you're like, there's Green Lantern Core, you div. <laughs> uh, so after that, very tough act to follow. So wisely, they didn't really. Was Elias versus Jeff Hardy. They had a bit of a match, usual Jeff Hardy clumsy style. Jeff Hardy is getting up to the ring post, not the top turnbuckle, but the ring post to hit a swanton bomb on Elias who's draped over the apron. Thank God Elias moved. Jeff got down and Elias goes to get the guitar. Jeff gets it, hits Elias with the guitar instead. DQ win to Elias, which means a point to this guy. Uh, no, it's a point to this oh, guy. Point to you, God damn it! And yeah, they uh, that, that this feud will continue, but it's only it's only a week old, really. This this was just well, another angle. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's either a week old or eight months old, depending on sort of how you look at it, because, you know, the story started before he got injured. But it's um, I, I was I was genuinely surprised they didn't just give Elias the win, you know, because he's got this album to promote that's out today. He's doing the the celebration for it tonight. I uh, I legit thought they were just going to give him the win. Plus, there was that report that he was the latest um, Vince's high on <laughs> Raw Star backstage. Thought it, I, you know, I thought maybe he'll just get a big win here. But nope. Um, just it was just a match uh, sean's got a question for you which is um how many rounds are there how about two rounds how about your first <laughs> ever two time jam that champion also thank you for having me on your show last night sean after that we got otis versus miz again Ugh. like you know that the match itself was was it was a match i like otis a lot i think his style of wrestling is very funny mm-hmm. um miz you know i've kind of got a bit a bit sick of miz at the moment since he's since i've got to watch him every week on raw it's only been two weeks christ 
And the, John Morrison's trying to interfere. The referee sends him to the back. That turns out to be a little sort of red herring spot because, and I, as soon as Morrison was sent to the back, Tucker started to position himself in front of the hard cam in a weird oh, yeah. way. And I was like, he was there for too long. You're turning yeah. on him. You've given this away to anyone who watches wrestling for more than three nights. And uh, Otis is on the ropes. Tucker clocks him with the money in the bank briefcase. Miz, surprised this wasn't a pre-planned thing between them all, although I fully expect them to reveal it was a pre-planned thing on Raw tonight. Ha ha ha, we got you. But that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Otis loses the money in the bank briefcase. At least Otis didn't put the money in the bank briefcase up willingly because that's such a stupid thing for baby faces to do. Instead, there was a contrived, uh, idiotic, legal thing to get the, the briefcase off him instead. So at least there's that. But yes, we're left with a... this. You know, the match was what it was. The finish was what it was. I don't, I don't know how you really book Otis with the money in the bank briefcase. Um, well, the, yeah, and this was the problem. Like, it's not Otis's fault that he was not a great money in the bank holder. It is the company's <clears throat> fault for putting it on him with no plan. They put the money in the bank briefcase on him because they thought, well, that'll be funny. The fat man can't climb a ladder. It'll be hilarious if he's champion. Didn't have a plan. There was just, it's what we said about Ali as retribution leader. It was a moment. It was a cool moment, but there's no follow-ups to that moment. Otis winning money in the bank was a moment with zero follow-up plans. And it sucks for poor old Otis in that because now the, the sort of the over because I put up a tweet yesterday or last night after the show being like, you know, talking about how I wasn't the, the right time to put the money in the bank tile on Miz is never because it's not 2010 anymore. <laughs> and, we, and we need to move on. Miz is a fantastic mid-card act. He should be nowhere near the main event picture at this point. And I got a little bit of heat for it. I got a bit of heat for saying that because people were really down on Otis being champ, uh, being the money in the bank holder because he's done nothing with it. As if that's his fault that he's done nothing with it. The other thing that people said was like, well, at least they got it off the comedy character. I'm like, missed did a bloody rap song a couple of months ago. Like he's a comedy <laughs> character. He's just a heel. I, I'm not down for Miz's money in the bank holder. I'm really not. Um, this has just been another bad year for the money in the bank briefcase, unfortunately. Yeah, I was just thinking then as you were talking that there's an easy way to book Otis with the briefcase and it's how you usually book baby faces holding the the brief, the, the lunchbox, I guess, whatever it is sometimes. And that is they announce they're going to cash in, a, in advance. I think if Otis just said, I'm sick of you, Roman Reigns, being bullying everyone around here, SmackDown doesn't really have any baby face challenges either. You just say, I challenge you to a match at TLC or at Royal Rumble, because Royal Rumble isn't a pay-per-view that needs to be sold on a title match. The, the Rumble match itself does it uh, for everyone. And you just make Otis look good in defeat. And maybe yeah. you give him a bit more of a serious edge. And it freshens up Roman a bit because he's got something to do away from Jey Uso. The Usos can get involved. But, you know, they, they, yeah, they, they put it on Miz instead, which is just really uninspiring. Yeah, it's really uninspiring. He's like, it's a, and it's a bit of a shame. Really feel bad for for Otis in, in all of this. And it's, I mean, I'm I'm in agreement with you of what they they could have done uh, with Otis there. But like now we're in a situation where Otis SmackDown's Otis is feuding with Raw's Tucker. You know, two weeks after they just told you the brand split is the most important thing in this company, and you're never going to see these stars in the same brand ever again. Two weeks later, we've got an interpromotional feud uh, between these two people. 
this company. However, also this company, because after that, we got Sasha Banks versus Bailey, which was, there's just, so this, <laughs> this is a, this is a difficult thing to say because I'm going to compare it to Tanahashi and Okada. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the, there was this moment in Tanahashi and Okada's eight year feud last year, I think it was where all these perfect things aligned for Okada. Maybe it was a couple of years ago. Where it was a couple of years ago, which one yeah. you're thinking of, yeah. It was like his 13th. Not only was he going to break the most consecutive reigns of the IW the title defenses, sorry, of the IWGP heavyweight title, he was going to break another record with it. Tanahashi was facing him. He was the guy whose record Okada would be breaking. It's like all of these things that, and I know long-term booking yeah yeah yeah. sometimes things just fall into your lap like that and you look at this feud one that's been going on for six years all the way back into nxt and when you've got that much history between characters stuff like this sometimes falls into place so you've got bailey having the smackdown women's title for over a year sasha banks never having won that title bailey not having been in hell in a cell and Sasha being in all the Hell in a Cell women's matches in WWE ever and not winning a single one. Add to that all of the history and emotion between these two characters tagging together, feuding in kind of on the main roster, mostly in NXT. And it all, like SmackDown did that justice in the way yeah. they booked these two over the last, well, you know, since WrestleMania, really. It's it's been fantastic, and it's so nice to see stuff done so well, and then the climax befits that build. Yeah, I going into this like I I thought that Bailey was going to retain here because I just wanted more of this. Like I wanted that Sasha Banks win to be this big moment, and more for me because this was that moment. This was that climactic moment you want, and actually in the rematch you can build a, such a simple story out of this, which is Sasha Banks, you've never successfully defended a title in your life on your mm. own. You always needed me to successfully defend a title. We're talking about the women's championships. So you can easily build a rematch out of this where again, it's a perfect storm coming together of Sasha Banks now having to beat Bailey so she can prove a point that she can defend a singles title. I Their takeover Brooklyn match is one of the few wrestling matches that have made me cry. Like it made me cry when I was 30 years old. It makes me cry now as a 35 year old. I think it is a perfect wrestling match. I think it's a perfect story and I love it so much. I don't know if this topped the Brooklyn match, but what was brilliant about it is that it perfectly complemented the Brooklyn mm. match. There were so many awesome callbacks to all the stuff they did now and the Iron Man match that they did, you know, at the, the takeover following. I. I loved this. I loved that story then. And I loved how it's kind of played through. It's not always been perfect. Do you remember their baby face tag title run? And they were feuding and they were best friends and they had the Dr. Shelby stuff. Like all of that's a bit, bit naff. But this last year, they have been the MVPs of the lockdown era of, of WWE for me. And this was a perfect, perfect encapsulation of that. A fan fantastic hell in a cell match filled with really inventive stuff throughout mm. but all of it worked the mecha kendo stick that bailey tried to build <laughs> what were they trying to do there bailey got two kendo sticks and earlier sasha had lodged a kendo stick in one of the the spoke holes in the steel steps 
and one of the holes in the netting of the cage. I'm like, I've never seen that done before. Don't really know how much it's going to hurt because it will just ping off as soon as you flick it. But hey, that's interesting. So Bailey later on, Gaffer taped two kendo sticks together to lodge into the, the cell wall again and the, the sort of metal support beam underneath the ring. And it just sagged in the middle. And then she tripped over it and no one ever <laughs> went back to it. <laughs> My favorite part of that, and it, it sucks to laugh as something about this because I love this match so much, but Bailey looked at the referee and the camera just caught her full on saying, I'm too sweaty. I can't do this. <laughs> because she she couldn't get the tape off. Time um, of your time of your sex tape. <laughs> so that bit was a was a bit lame, and it didn't quite work. And then her tripping over it really didn't help matters. But everything else in this match was absolutely perfection, and I love it. Even with that <laughs> moment, I would still give this five stars. It was my favorite match of the night. I loved every single thing about this. I wanted my girl Bailey to retain. I really, really did. But that moment when Sasha Banks locked in the bank statements through the steel chair and she was hammering down on her hands, just like she did at TakeOver, I was like, mm. I love this match. I love both of these people. And I'm so happy to see Sasha Banks as the SmackDown Women's Champion. And I cannot friggin' wait for their rematch. Yeah, it's... Uh... With the the spot, that was really the only spot that went wrong. Everything else mm -hmm. went right, and they were being so inventive. Like if Jeff Hardy and RVD did this match, there would be significantly more screw ups. Oh yeah, totally. And, and they, yeah, even in the prime of their careers, that they just like there were so many little bits. And what I loved about the the way they told the story and the conflict through physicality and a clash of styles really is Sasha has been in these matches before and she used that experience to her credit. So she was using the walls. She, she was using the Hell in a Cell structure, like power bombing Bailey off the apron into the cell wall. This brilliant bit where Bailey is on the cell wall and there's a table sort of done up in a, what do you call like, in a ramp style, pushing her up against the wall. And Sasha runs up that to hit a meteora. Just great, great, great stuff like that. I'd also like to yeah. say, hey, there's almost 3,000 people watching yeah. this stream. Thanks, folks. If you're not already, smash that subscribe button. You know, smash hey, it. That's what the YouTubers the say. Exactly. I, I, Adam Blompier, you know, he's not a, he's no stranger to the YouTube. We used his verbiage last night on the stream. If you could smash that like button as well, I think that would be that would be an ace thing to do. So, yes, yeah, smash it while you're there. Uh, but yeah, overall, I thought this was a terrific match. I loved it. I, I think it's, you know, the, the only reason I, I gave Roman and Jay five stars and this one like four and three quarters is because Roman and Jay legit made me cry. I think I gravitate more towards storytelling character mm -hmm. stuff like that and what i like in wrestling that's why i was just so overwhelmed with the opener here it was that they it did have all that but it was like you said it was more move focused there wasn't as like i'm not saying it's a bad thing because there was still a lot of emotion here but there wasn't the same amount of emotion as roman reigns breaking down crying so i yeah, yeah. i gave this four and three out of four and three quarters but that is no like that's not me being down on it. It's like no. Oh, no. one of the best is... matches in WWE of the year. This is, I mean, as you and I would say, this is a Kong Skull Island situation where I, I said it was my film of the year. 
And because you liked it just slightly less than I did, it sounded like you really didn't like the film. Yeah. <laughs> we got so many emails. We're like, why did you hate the film so much? I didn't. I thought it was really good. Um, but yes, that's uh, that absolutely terrific match. And Sasha is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah, they do do the rematch. Yeah, for me, like both matches, uh, both the SmackDown title matches on this show, in fact, actually both the SmackDown matches really, mm-hmm. were both five-star masterpieces for me, uh, but five-star masterpieces for completely different reasons. And that's what I love about wrestling. We, you know, we often bemoan WWE for their lack of variety. And these matches were different from each other. And that made it so much better to watch. It actually made the show feel better. Uh, I, I'm all in for it. Cannot wait for to see them do it again. And it's very often as well, very rarely that we say in, in WWE, God, I can't wait to see a rematch. Can't wait mm. for them to do the automatic rematch clause here. Uh, after that, as the final match we'll talk about very quickly, is Bobby Lashley versus Slapjack, where Bobby Lashley beat up Slapjack for three minutes. There was a tiny, tiny bit of offense from Slapjack there and then made him tap in the Lashley lock and then Retribution came in to beat up Lashley, but the Hurt Business ran down and Retribution ran away. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there because what happened here is that Lashley beat up uh, Slapjack convincingly. Poor old Samoa Joe, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon having to say Slapjack as if it's a legit wrestler name. But, oh, great move there by Slapjack. So Lashley taps him out to the Lashley lock, right? And then Ali shows up with T-Bar and Mace. The big lads get into the ring and they start wailing on Bobby Lashley. And you think to yourself, aha. So Retribution, they've lost their third match in a row out of the three matches they've had. But it's all right. They're going to get their heat back by laying out Bobby Lashley before the Hurt Business get back down to even up the odds. Cool, right? Uh, Ali puts his hand through, does his little lights out thing. Like, Here it is. This is how they get their heat back. And then Bobby Lashley fights off both T-Bar and Mace on his own the hurt business run down i'm like you don't need to, i wouldn't bother lads uh, lashley's got this he's a, he's actually fine he's all right ali gets into the ring the hurt business get in the ring ali looks at them and goes oh sorry lads i don't really want to mess with you i'm quite scared of you he gets out the ring and despite the fact they now have the numbers advantage because me yim's out there as well they run away like scared children how are you supposed to take this group seriously? And the worst thing about this is that Ali's going to cut a promo on Raw tonight being like, we're a serious group. We're a threat to this company. I'm like, you are effing not, mate. You've lost three matches in a row. You are not a threat to this company. You are a terrible mid-card act that this company has zero faith in. And I feel so, so sorry for each and every one of you. But other than that, I, I really, I really like this show. I, I gave it four out of five because you know there was an hour of in-ring wrestling, which is sort sort of equates to about an hour twenty, almost half the pay-per-view of absolutely brilliant, both storytelling and in-ring wrestling from WWE. And it is, it is so nice to say that because contrary to what you might think, we don't hate WWE. We we grew up with WWE. I love WWE deep down. It's just, it's so inconsistent and bad the majority of the time. So I savor moments like this. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I, it's really nice to be able to genuinely praise WWE without a tongue in my cheek. 
dude, like I completely agree with your four out of five ranking for this. How could you not give a show with two legit five star matches a four mm. out of five rating, even if everything else in the show was a bit butt and not or, or not particularly great or a bit bland? Those two matches were easily would make this. If you've not watched the show, go out of your way to watch those matches. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Well, let's do all of our super chats before we get out of here. And of course, if you haven't already, smash it. Smash that subscribe button. Oh, smash it. Smash it like that. Smash it. Smash the likes. Smash it. Smash it. Andy Buckley. I foolishly stayed tuned in until a few minutes into the Autumn McIntyre match. Should have turned off after the excellent Banks-Bailey match. Yeah. You know, the the Autumn McIntyre match wasn't bad. Just maybe maybe watch it separate to the rest of the pay-per-view. You won't be so burnt out by Hell in a Cell. Lamari Eshnar? I've been waiting years for a bloodline faction. Just imagine a double super kick spear simultaneous finisher. So that's Roman and the Usos. If you can time it. And uh, do you know what? If there were three people I would trust to get that timed perfectly every single time, it's the Usos and Roman Reigns. Do you not think spear, splash, splash might be another way. Also works. Bernalee Reuters. Sasha Banks is the mother of hell. Amazing match. Such a great match. Loved it. Zachary Jenkins, do you guys think someone is going to take it off Miz? I hope so. I I, I think he's going to try and cash it in and he's going to do it unsuccessfully and mm. it's back to the mid-card with him. Anton H, are we getting Reigns, Rock and Edge Orton at Mania? I don't think Rock's coming back. I think he's running for president in 2024. But I think that's what they would like to do. I think they would love it to be Rock Roman at Mania and Edge Orton at Mania as well. All those fresh new stars uh, getting the Mania main event rub. Andy Buckley, quite sad that the feud between Bailey and Banks may be over as their superb storyline. Who else in the women's roster could do such a good storyline? Well, actually, quite a lot of them. Um, but yeah. they're not booked in that way to be able to do so. The Gecko 17, personally don't understand the hate for what they are doing with Retribution. By most people's metrics, they died on arrival. Why not just use them to elevate the Hurt Business and your uni- United States champion? Well, I mean, you kind of wanted them to be a big group, right? Like, if you're going to create a new act, you hopefully want to use that act to create some stars as opposed to just put over an act that was already over to begin with. I do agree with Gecko, though. That's what I've been saying for about a month now. They're a mid-card act. Yeah, everyone's behaving as though they're this top-tier thing. It's a shame. It's a shame. Ollie, Ollie, you're missing the big picture. Just wait until the real leader is revealed. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph Tyrrell, three great title matches last night. Enjoyed them all. Drew's run was the one I enjoyed most since Punk's. Miz, as Money in the Bank, has me slightly worried, though. Mm. Drew did have a great championship run. He really Uh, did, yeah. Pablo Arzapolo Treo wasn't as bad as Backlash 2016. This week in wrestling, Gargano Priest, Candice Io, Omega Penta, and Volta Drogonov. Greetings from Mexico. I think you should talk about those are things that are coming up this week. Oh, right. Wrestling. Yeah, 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 geez. Yeah, Omega Pentagon. <gasps> uh, but, yeah, it wasn't as bad as Backlash 2016 main events. Few things are, are they? Uh, Valid Mamadipudi, <laughs> a show so good to watch. Luke reviewed it twice. Hashtag FTF. You son of a WTFTF Anderson Floyd I loved how Roman realised that the only way to get Jay to give up is the way he got Jimmy to give up yeah I was just 
so beautiful. Like, mm. I can't make this guy say I quit. So I'm just going to like, lock the guillotine on this land. He'll quit that way. Love it. Nathan O, I'm still recovering from Roman J. I'm still getting tingles talking about it, honestly. Injection 2K, people on Twitter didn't care for the dialogue Roman does during his matches. I love it. It's not just trash talk. He's talking down to his opponents. I totally agree. I really like it. Love it. Yeah. Mm. Metal Bear, I was enamoured with the Roman match. The psychology was off the charts. I'm a fan of their NXT-style wrestling, but sometimes storytelling and promos are just as mind-blowing and important. It's one of the reasons why I love AEW, because you do have that lovely mix of all of that. Zach Robinson with a very generous super chat. Thank you very much. Roman J genuinely left me speechless. An absolute masterpiece of storytelling. Can't wait to see where they go from here. Question for Ollie, as I had to ask Petey Bella last night. Do you want to ask the question? How many rounds were there to Helena Sir? How many rounds were there, Ollie? How many rounds were there? Frankie Ray, I think the funniest part, I think the funniest part was the Bailey Banks match where Bailey asked the ref for help with the duct tape and he said, No, I will not help you. <laughs> I'm too sweaty. Amro, do you think any of the matches will get five stars? Uh, I don't think Meltzer will give them five stars, no. Just because I listened to his review earlier and he didn't. You can tell when he wants to give something five stars. Oh yeah, but he, um, Jake, he looks we... for something. He looks for something different than us. That's not like saying Dave Meltzer doesn't know anything about wrestling. He knows a hell of a lot. He knows more than we've all forgotten. Uh, Jake Weeks, uh, will Cena have one more run in WWE? Maybe he'll. God, I saw that so much last night. People say, "Ah, oh, John Cena can come back, and that can be the WrestleMania program." John Cena versus Randy Orton. Uh, I do think he will have one more run. I don't think he'll ever go heel. I mean, you pull that face, but that's what you booked for your um, first show with your draft picks that you had. <laughs> Keith says, uh, why do you think Vince is breaking up every tag team? Usos, New Day, um, Heavy Machinery. Uh, sorry, well, he said Usos, New Day and Usos are the only real teams left. Every other team is just random pairs because Vince doesn't care about tag team wrestling and hasn't done ever. He's never liked tag team wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Andy Buckley, Orton and Edge for the belt. Hashtag pushing new talent. Like Orton Edge 3 does not need the title. I don't think Orton needs the title, uh, really, either at this point. Uh, Kevin says, I think the Usos won't be fully healed. No, neither do I. Um, they'll integrate against their will to do Roman's dirty work. Can't wait for it. I also hope that WWE gives Sasha a good run as champion. I think they're going to have a lot of faith and going to give Sasha a big push, particularly with Bianca Belair over on SmackDown mm. as well. Uh, Metal Bear, great opener to the show. What if they debut as a faction to go against Roman and the Usos? Well, if who debuts? Oh, Huey. And the Speed of the Era, yeah. United Emirates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't go to Saudi. Let's bring them <laughs> over here. Um, I. It's not something that gets me going, mm. weirdly. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I think the time to have called the Undisputed Era has kind of been and gone. I, th I think they're, they're sort of their hottest time as, a, as an act is, is past. Um, Mr. Degan says, um, I'd still take the Miz as Mr. Money in the Bank over Otis any day of the week. At least it feels like Miz wants to win a title, whereas Otis was the worst part of any storyline he was a part of. Sonia Mandy didn't even need him. Well, I thought I thought Sonia Mandy was very good. Uh, I liked Otis. I'm sorry you feel that way. 
Mm. Zachary Jenkins, Mr. Davis, you said that you've seen everything in Hell in a Cell, but you've not seen Hardy bring a ladder to the top of the cell and jump off of it. Don't give him ideas, Zachary. Alpha Wolf. Uh, so Ms. Cashton on Autumn, 22nd November 2010. What day does Survivor Series fall on this year? 22nd November. Mm. Dear God, please no. Do you know what I think they're going to do as well? They're going to have Ms. Girl on the, on the Thunderdome. <laughs> going to track her down and they're going to have her on the Thunderdome to do the face again um, because this company's stuck in a time loop. Now Ms. has the briefcase. This has to happen. It'll be <laughs> foolish. It's a decade. It'll be foolish not to play off it. Oh, God, Miz is WWE champion. Chuck Cassis uh, says, don't watch WWE since Black Wednesday, except for the matches you tell me to watch. Sad that WWE is so bad that glimmers of five stars every blue moon. Hey, take it when you can, though. I gave the Firefly Funhouse match at Mania five stars as well. Mm -hmm. Bo Hill, are the Usos the biggest baby faces in WWE? No. Who would you say is? Uh, Drew McIntyre, Daniel Bryan. Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. But there's not many. There's not there's many. Not many. No, mm. it's not many. But I would disagree. I think that I think the Usos are way more over his babyface than Drew is mm. at the moment. Okay. Um, Demetrius Reese is Mustafa Ali the wrestler with the best promos and the worst booking. Hashtag Jam that Jam. He's got oh. really good promos, man. Like he's given naff material and he always makes it sound really convincing. Yeah, but a lot of people have a really good <laughs> promos with bad booking in WWE. That's <laughs> ten a penny. Uh, Josh Burke, uh, can anyone else see WWE filling a WrestleMania-sized arena with TV screens if they can't have fans by then? No, no, no. They just keep it at the Thunderdome. There's no point to add more screens. It's yeah, madness. Or, uh, WrestleVotes um, put out a report today that um, they're looking to be, come December. They'll be in different uh, arenas. They'll be done with the Thunderdome, and they'll be having fans in attendance. Mm. Uh, Charles Berg, let's mix up some wrestler names. Rat Middle, Mantino Sorella, <laughs> Kofi Kingston, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Dyrant, Cripple T, uh, and Nucker Knight. I love that just for Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Um, Bonzo for Life, Roman and MJF are Hollywood material talent. I've seen a few Roman movies now. Uh, the Wrong Missy and uh, Hobson Shaw. He's not Hollywood material <laughs> talent yet. It's not quite how The Rock just sort of walked in and was like, oh, yeah, you are a, you are a Hollywood star. Um, my favorite description I've seen of The Miz now is he's a second-rate MJF. Tyler Salt is. says, first ever Super Chat. Who do you think, or what do you think will be match of the year? Roman, uh, Hell in a Cell, or AEW Revolution tag match? The tag match. The tag match. Like, without, question. Yeah. Yeah, without question. Absolutely without question. Uh, there's a reason I've been qualifying. Yeah, there's a reason I've been qualifying everything with best WWE match of the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a super chat from last night, apparently. Rack shit canner. Creepy Bella is way too happy after the win. Speaking of Pete Bella there. Oh, yeah. He, he, God, he looked great. Looked so, so good. Renee, congrats, Mr. Davis. You got it next time, Luke. No, he doesn't. The next one, remember, folks, is AEW Full Gear. It's me versus Luke for the title. Uh, do you know what? And I'm going to win that title back and I'm going to have it on my shoulder for every stream because I care about that championship. Not like Mr. Davis, who's won the belt and the first thing he does is just put it on the floor for a whole stream. It only had its out own when he stream. It had when its he... own broadcast. It phoned in only, from a remote location. Only picking it up 
when he wants to prove a point that he's a champion. I'm a champion of the people, and Mr. Davis just in it for himself. Does your belt actually glimmer in the light? Can you see that? I don't have a belt at the moment because I lost my I lost my Quizmania Tag Championships because of you as well. Total blurred. I've never seen Luke so upset. Need more of that. Uh, Tyler Woodward. Mr. Davis, I find it sickening that you didn't do the punishment. Q-tip deserves better. Hashtag Q-tip deserves better. Nugget still sucks. Also, can you say Team Trent, Mumble World, 444 Life? Can you say say screw Team Uh, Trent, not just say their name? (laughs) I did the opposite then. Screw (laughs) Team Trent, Mumble World, 444 for life. Ricky Bobby. Ollie, congrats on winning the championship. Now show it the de- respect it deserves and wear it or display it. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite unbelievable. Uh, it is heavy, it. isn't it? At least Luke wore it. Much love from uh, New Jersey. Uh, Tyler Woodward. I'm too sweaty. I can't do this. Title of Gorilla Press and Ollie Davis's sex tape. Also, screw team. The MWO will see you at Survivor Series. Oh god, we haven't got another storyline oh, being built in the <laughs> comments. Have people, are, people are working out their own angle through our super chats. Uh, thank you, Jonathan Swazo, for your donation and no message. And finally, John McNeil. Biggie wins the Rumble and New Day versus the Bloodline for the reunification of the tag titles and the Universal Championship. I love that, but not with uh, the reunification because they've got separate shows. And Darren Moody, Miz will sit at ringside for Orton arranges his match at Survivor Series with the briefcase. That's what I think. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 